And as we dive in this morning, we are in week two of the comeback. And I believe that God has a comeback in store for each and every one of us. Last week, we, we, uh, began uh, this series looking at the life of David and and an experience that he had. And today, uh, I want to continue that journey a little bit as we take a look at the comeback. Uh, Listen, don't give up now. Don't give up yet. Keep going. Move on. God's got a comeback for every setback, obstacle, anything that uh, comes against us. I want you to know that every setback is simply a setup for a comeback. And I believe that God has a comeback in store for you, for your family, for your home, for our church family, for our church. I believe, I believe the words as so clear that upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will what? Not prevail against it. Church, we're already victorious. We are already victorious. You and I know that life is not easy. Life is difficult. Uh, Life isn't always easy as as we walk through and understand the the various things that uh, you and I encounter in life. As we encounter those things in life that uh, really are difficult and they are things to overcome, it may be a tragedy. It may be a, a sudden loss. It may be a a hardship that is uh, something that we didn't see coming. It's all of a sudden hit us in that moment, and, and we have this obstacle right in front of us. I want you to know, uh, last week we talked about our first step in the comeback. And that first step we learned from, from David was patience. And, uh, patience if you will, is that there? Awesome. Patience is something that you and I, I want you to write that word down. Patience. In patience, right next to it, I want you to write this word. Preparation. Preparation. Because in our patience, we also learn, develop, as we saw in David, an incredible preparation for him to be king. He had a setback. He had obstacles. He was on the run. He was running for his life. He found himself hidden in a cave, and Saul walks into that very cave, and he has a choice to make. And David chose to be patient and not take matters into his own hand, but allow God to make it come to pass. Secondly, today, we step into the second step of our comeback. And we, we see this in an incredible story uh, from Daniel in regards to, and we learn from him, obedience. Obedience is something that in you, as you and I embark in 2021, as we walk through this life and all that it brings our way, uh, there's something awesome when we learn patience. There's something amazing that takes place when we, when we bring obedience into our walk and our life and as we live for Him. Remember our superpower from last week. Our, our superpower, if it could be for 2021, would that you and I would be unoffendable. 
that somehow we would adopt this word into our lives, that there is nothing that would offend us. We, we need to become unoffendable in this world that we walk through. Today, I want to challenge you also, as well as being unoffendable, to be this right here. I love this word, undaunted. To be undaunted, not intimidated or discouraged by difficulty, danger, or disappointment. Would you say that word with me this morning? Undaunted. Undaunted. No matter what comes my way, no matter what takes place, I will be unoffendable and I will remain undaunted. Nothing will intimidate me or discourage me. Nothing, no difficulty, danger, or disappointment. Today, we look at another incredible comeback story out of Daniel chapter 6, verse 1 through 28. And I want to just share this story with you just as I did last week, the story of of David. You can follow along. If you have your Bible with you or you have it on your device, I encourage you. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. And you can follow along in Daniel chapter 6. Uh, The story is 1, verse 1 through 28. Uh, Darius decided to divide the kingdom into 120 provinces as he appointed a high officer to rule over each province. The king also chose Daniel and two other administrators to supervise the high officers and protect the king's interests. Daniel soon proved himself more capable than all the other administrators and high officers. Because of Daniel's great ability, the king gave him plans and began to place him over the entire empire. Then the other administrators, as you can imagine, became a little jealous. They they wanted to try to take Daniel and, and knock him down. So they began searching for some fault in him. They tried to find fault in who he was, his character, and, and all of those things. Listen to this. But they couldn't find anything to criticize or condemn. He was faithful, always responsible, completely trustworthy. They realized there is only, there's, there's really only one way we're going to be able to trap him or, or find fault in him. And that, that's going to have to be with his religion. Because he is a man of his word. He's trustworthy. He is, he is all of those things. But, but maybe we can lay a trap before him that would have to do with his religion, his belief, his God. As you know, here Daniel is in the midst of this kingdom who has been brought in, a slave now working in this, this area of the king's because of you know all the the setup to the story is incredible and how he finds himself here and now above all and everyone else here he is in this moment and they're trying to trap him i i pick up the story in verse 10 but when daniel learned that the law had been signed you see so they figured here's how we can do this we will create a law we'll go to our king and we'll tell him anyone who worships anyone but you May they be put to death. The the king signed it into law. Here we are in verse 10. But when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room. With his windows open towards Jerusalem, he prayed three times a day just as he had always done, giving thanks to his God. 
Then the officials went together to Daniel's house and found him praying and asking for God's help. So they went straight to the king and reminded him about the law. And he said, did you not sign a law that for the next 30 days anyone who prays to anyone, divine or human, except for you, your majesty, will be thrown into the den of lions? Yes, the king replied, that decision stands. It is an official law that cannot be revoked. Verse 13, then they told the king, Daniel, one of the captives from Judah, is ignoring you and your law. He still prays to his God three times a day. Hearing this, the king was deeply troubled, and he tried to think of a way to save Daniel. He spent the rest of the day looking for a way to get Daniel out of this predicament. Here he is in this moment. Daniel continues to pray even though the king's edict was laid out. And, you know, I'm sure these men appealed to his ego, uh, to who he was as king. Hey, king, let's, let's for the next 30 days, let's have everyone worship you and you alone. No other human, no other God, no one but you. And, and he signs this into law. The administrators, of course, knowing Daniel's practice, knowing that he's a man of faith, that that he loves his God, that he prays three times a day, and they go and they they trap, they, they ensnare him in this. Now they go back to the king and they run back to him with this story. And here he is in this moment about to encounter an incredible setback in his life. The king is trying to find a way out. How how can we get him out of this? How can we make this not happen? But he himself knows, as he has signed it, even this law cannot be repealed. It cannot be stopped. So the king gave orders for Daniel in verse 16 to be arrested and thrown into the den of lions. The king said to him, May your God whom you serve so faithfully rescue you a stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den the king sealed the stone with his own royal seal and the seals of his nobles so that no one could rescue daniel then the king returned to the palace and he spent the night fasting he refused his usual entertainment and couldn't sleep all that night very early in the morning the king got up And he hurried to the lion's den. When he got there, he called out in anguish, Daniel, servant of the living God, was your God, whom you serve faithfully, able to rescue you from the lions? Imagine that moment. Daniel answered, long live the king. My God sent his angels to shut the lion's mouths so they would not hurt me. For I have found innocence in his sight, and I have not wronged you, your majesty. The king was overjoyed and ordered that Daniel be lifted from the den. Not a scratch was found on him, for he trusted in his God. I love this story. Then the king gave orders to arrest the men 
who had maliciously accused Daniel. He had them and their entire families thrown in to the lions as they leapt upon them and tore them apart. Verse 25, Then King Darius sent this message to the people of every race and nation and language throughout the world. Peace and prosperity to you. Let's pick it up here. You'll see it. Verse 26, I decree that everyone throughout my kingdom should tremble with fear before the God of Daniel. He is the living God, and He will endure forever. His kingdom will never be destroyed, and His rule will never end. He rescues and saves His people. He performs miraculous signs and wonders in the heavens and on earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. Come on, can we give the Lord praise for what He did in that? In that moment, I'm... I take this story and I bring it now into 2021 and I want you to understand no matter what anyone plots against you, no matter what obstacle or setback you may be facing today or that you have yet to face tomorrow, I want you to know just as King Darius found out that our God is alive. He rules forever. He will save us. He will keep us. He will protect us. He will give us victory. There is victory for you and I today. Why? Because we have learned patience. Because we have applied to our life obedience. Look at the life of Daniel. Look at what this young man learned at an early age. Listen to this. First, we see this. Daniel was persecuted for his faith, but he overcame by obeying God even when the stakes were high. The stakes were very high. His life was on the line. Whether what, what he was facing in this moment was do I obey the king or do I obey the Lord and my love for Him as I pray and as we walk through this, I understand that we as a people of God need to understand when we allow our lives to walk in obedience to His Word, when we align ourselves with God, there is incredible blessing, there is a hope, there is a future, there is victory on the other side. No matter what setback you have encountered, no matter what difficulty you face today or you may face tomorrow, I want you to know and I I encourage you today to continue to choose to walk your life in obedience to God. Don't turn to the left or the right. Don't, don't, Don't follow after the things of the world. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Keep your eyes on His Word. Let it fill your heart. Let it become your truth. And, and as you do, as you become obedient to Him, He will lead you. He will guide you. He will give you everything that you need. His Word tells us, if we obey God, When we are criticized, or as Daniel was even ostracized, he will receive incredible glory from our lives. I want you to notice something here as we look at the story of Daniel. A lack of obedience in our walk, a lack of obedience in our lives really reveals a a glitch, a, a chink in the armor. It reveals a lack of trust. To obey God is to show our love for Him. We understand that. 
A lack of obedience reveals a, a lack of trust in our, in our, deep in our hearts. If, I mean, think about it. Think about this. If to have faith in Christ, to have faith in the Lord, means that we're going to try to do all the things that, that He wants for us to do. We're going to walk in obedience. We're going to do those things. To, to trust someone usually means that we would take their advice. We would take it to heart and we would attempt to move forward in that. So if we have really given our hearts and our lives into his hands, it must follow that we are going to try to obey him because we trust him. Because we trust him, we're going to obey him. Now listen, it's a a new way of trying. I want you to catch this. Not not just trying in our effort and in our strength and in who we are, because if we obey him, somehow we might earn his favor or we might earn his salvation. It's a little bit different. We we don't do these things in order to be saved because we do these things because he's already saved us. He has already given us salvation. Because of our love for because of our salvation, the gift that comes only from him, we we serve, we obey, we we want to walk in obedience in our lives. A lack of obedience really reveals a lack of trusting God in our hearts. My question to you this morning, will you trust God even when it's not easy? Even when you have something to lose. You know, it's easy to trust when you don't have anything to lose. When you've got something to lose, man, it's a little that's a little scary, right? You know, like the latest stock tip. Means nothing if I don't invest in it. But if we invest in it, all of a sudden, we've got something to lose. A relationship that you care about, if you don't invest in it, You have nothing to lose. If you invest in it, if you put effort, if you put something into it, all of a sudden you have, there's some skin in the game. Now I have something to lose. Daniel, he had everything to lose. He had his life to lose. Here he was in this moment. King Darius is is before him. He's set the decree and now he has everything to lose. And yet he chose to be faithful to his God. He chose to be faithful to the things of God. He chose to be faithful in his walk, in his relationship with him. Listen, I want to encourage you today. Trust God with the consequences of doing what's right. Always do what's right. Trust God with the consequences. Trust him with the consequences of those things. Daniel had to decide which was more important. The king's favor and blessing or obeying God. Daniel had to trust God with the consequences of doing what was right. And in the end, God blessed him for it. So how did Daniel do this? How did Daniel come to this point in his life where he had to make such an incredible decision? He heard about the decree. He knew about it. Yet he chose to walk in in that uh, favor and say, you know what, no, nope, I'm going to continue to pray. I'm going to continue to seek Him. I'm going to continue to worship Him. There may be people who persecute you at work, in life, because of your faith. Maybe they don't like the way that you believe. Maybe they don't like that you're so happy. 
How many of you are happy in Jesus? You, you got the joy deep down in. There's some, you know, did you know that that makes some people mad? They just can't stand that you're happy. They cannot stand when you have success. When you are successful, there will be those. That's, that's, that makes you an easy target, man. They are, they are out to get you. They're out to knock you down. They're out to, to bring whatever it is. And, and here we are. We're walking through these days. I want you to know every single person in this room, young and old, listen, if you will obey the Lord, leave the consequences in His hands, I want you to know you will come out on the better side every single time. He will turn your setback into a setup for an incredible comeback, and your comeback will be so amazing. There is nobody who can stop you. When we walk in patience, when we don't take matters into our own hand, when we allow our lives to be obedient to Him and say, okay, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to continue to worship you. I'm going to continue to love you. I don't care what people say about me. I don't care what comes my way. I don't care what difficulties come. There is nothing. I am unoffendable and I am undaunted in the name of Jesus. Nothing will stop me because I have set my eyes on you. I have fixed my eyes on you. Trust God with the consequences of doing right. So how did Daniel do it? I want you to know it didn't start in this moment. We have to go back to the beginning of the story. This is where it all started in Daniel chapter 1. Daniel chapter 1, verse 5 through 17. If you want to go there, you can go there. Check it out as I walk through this story. Daniel in this moment is, is, is brought in and he and others, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who were called Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, they, they were brought in and and as they were brought into the king's court, uh, they were given a menu of things to eat, and it kind of went against their religion. It went against their faith. It went against the Hebrew laws that were in place for them. And so they asked, could we have a, a little different diet? Could we not eat the things that the king is bringing to us? We, we really want these things. And, and the, the, the guy was nervous. He's like, listen, if, if, if after a while, if you look weak and anemic, I, I could lose my head. I could be beheaded. I really don't want to do that. They, they appealed to them again. And he said, how about if we try it for 10 days? For 10 days, we will eat nothing but vegetables. Daniel, you're killing me. You're killing me, Smalls. But it's in the Bible. For 10 days, they ate just the vegetables that came. Verse 11, I reiterate that part of the story. Daniel spoke with the attendant who had been appointed by the chief of staff to look over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Please test us for 10 days on a diet of vegetables and water. Daniel said, at the end of the 10 days, see how we look compared to the other young men who are eating the king's food. Then make your decision in light of what you see. The attendant agreed to Daniel's suggestion suggestion and tested them for 10 days. In verse 15, At the end of the 10 days, Daniel and his three friends looked healthier and better nourished than the young men who had been eating the food assigned by the king. So after that, the attendant fed them only vegetables instead of the food and wine prepared 
for the others. I want you to know that there is tremendous blessing in obedience. There is a comeback in store for us when we walk in obedience. Look with me at verse 17. He says this, God gave these four young men an unusual aptitude. Woo! Intelligence. An aptitude. Unbelievable wisdom that encompasses so many things. He he gave them an unusual aptitude for understanding every aspect of literature and wisdom. And God gave Daniel the special ability to interpret the meanings of visions and dreams. I want you to know there is blessing in walking in obedience. There is favor. God gave Daniel favor because he chose to walk in obedience. He went to them. See, see the, the lion's den moment started and was able to happen because he was faithful even in the little things. He didn't want to break the laws and the commandments of the Lord in regards to the food as he walked through. He just remained faithful. So every circumstance, everything that came his way, it just began to grow in him. His faith grew, his strength, all of those things. In fact, I want you to see this. Obedience to God builds our courage and our faith. Something amazing happens when we, when we are obedient to Him. All of a sudden, the setbacks that we feel, that we encounter, we remain obedient to Him. We remain faithful to Him. And God steps in and He does something incredible. He gives this incredible blessing, our courage, our faith, all of those things. By the time Daniel had to face the lion's den, He had already experienced God's favor and deliverance in his life. So for him, being obedient wasn't even a choice. It wasn't some difficulty. Daniel courageously refused to eat based on his convictions. And though the other young men ate those things, God exalted Daniel and his friends and gave them great wisdom. Here's the key. If we take opportunities that God gives us to obey, when the consequences might seem small and insignificant, we will be building courage and faith for when the obstacles are large, when they matter, when they mean something. So what we need to do is every chance, every moment, we need to respond to the opportunities that He gives us to be obedient. I encourage you, church, walk in obedience. Let your lives walk in the obedience of God. Follow His Word. Hunger for it. Listen to Him. Walk and listen to His voice. Watch what He will do in your life. Respond to the opportunities that He gives you to be obedient. Follow God's call. Even when it's not easy. Follow God's call even when it's not easy. I don't need a show of hands. Let me just ask the question. Really, I could even make it a statement because every single one of us in this room have experienced some difficulties. We've experienced some hardships. God's call on our lives just to walk in relationship with Him. The call for us to walk in relationship with the Lord meets the call that we experience every single day when we walk out of these doors and we encounter the world, when we encounter 
Difficult things, difficult people, difficult attitudes, difficult mindsets, things that that really uh, maybe even go against the things that you and I believe. Listen, we're faced every single day, every single day, we're faced with the choice to be obedient, to live a life of obedience, to live a life of patience saying, you know what? I'm going to allow God, I'm going to pray, I'm going to seek his face just like David did. David didn't take Saul's life. He said, God called me to be king. I'm going to let God bring me to fulfillment for that. When we understand that and we allow God to bring back all that. I will ask this. Come on. How many of you have suffered some loss in 2020? How many of you would love to see that comeback in 2021 and 2022 and 2023 and 2024 and our family and our kids and our lives that we would continue to see those things so here's how we do it we walk in patience we walk in obedience we live in that moment pastor leon band would you please come and just prepare yourselves as we close our service here today Step one, we need to have patience. Step two, we need to walk in obedience. I, I don't know what the Lord might be speaking to your heart this morning. What area of obedience He might be tugging right now at, at your heart, what, in your walk, in your relationship with Him. As you walk in this and we see from Daniel this incredible comeback, I want to draw your attention to another story. It's the movie, an old movie, Chariots of Fire. It tells the story of an Olympian named Eric Liddell who disqualified himself from the 100-meter race in the Olympics because the race was to be run on the Sabbath. When Liddell came to the 400-meter race in the 1924 Olympics, he won. While many people probably wouldn't object to running in the Olympics on a Sunday... Liddell's choice is a great example of someone who is motivated by faith rather than by fame. This, however, isn't the end of the story. He goes on to become a missionary, a missionary in China. He goes on to, to walk out this life of faith. He made an incredible national stand. One of our runners about to run in the 100 meter race, he disqualifies himself because he doesn't feel good about running on Sunday. There are men and women throughout history who have made great stands for the Lord. All of a sudden, as we take a look at this man's story, he goes on to become a missionary. He goes on to have an impact in people's lives. Liddell's story is a great example of someone following God's call even when it is not easy. His story is remembered to this day in the Olympic annals of history. In that same sense, Daniel, in this moment, his obedience and his trust in the Lord ultimately led, listen to this, it led a nation back to worshiping one true God. Listen to this. If you and I 
obey God even when we are criticized or ostracized. He will receive the glory from our lives. He will do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you and I could ever hope or imagine. Maybe by your obedience, God may awaken someone else's heart. They may begin to have questions. Why do you do that? Why would you make that choice? Why would you not do this in order to do that? What are the things that are driving you? He will use our obedience to stir up those life questions in others, those who are around us, even bringing some of them, I believe, to know Him because you and I have chosen to walk in obedience. I want you to see this quote. This quote from Willie Jolly as he writes in his book, Every setup, every setback is a setup for a comeback. He writes this, Adversity and challenges are life's way of creating strength. Adversity creates challenge, and challenge creates change. And change is absolutely necessary for growth. If there is no change or challenge, there can be no growth and development. What an incredible picture for you and I to experience and to maybe have a mindset around some of the adversities that you and I face. We live in a world that is filled with adversity, but you and I do not have to bow to the adversities of this world. You and I, our hearts, they are lifted. Our eyes are fixed on Jesus. We understand that the adversity creates a change in us. It develops something inside of us that will ignite a fire. I pray that your fire is ignited this morning to follow God, to live for Him, to be obedient to His plan and purpose. God, let the Holy Spirit fire burn in our lives. Because where there is no change, where there is no challenge, you and I, we don't grow. We don't grow. We don't develop. So sometimes we encounter adversity and it's not all that bad because it drives us deeper into the arms of Jesus. It drives us deeper to show the world that in our weakness, He is made strong. And He is great. And I declare that He is great today. He is a great God. He is awesome. So every setback is a setup for a comeback. In this moment, I challenge you to turn your moments of doubt and fear into times of triumph. If you have doubt, if you have fear, if fear has gripped your heart, you don't need to fear any longer. Put your trust in Jesus. Turn that fear and turn that doubt into times of triumph. As we close today, I challenge you one last time with these two incredible words. And I make it a declaration. I I pray that you'll make it a declaration as well. I must be unoffendable. And I must remain undaunted. I will remain undaunted in my walk, in my relationship with Jesus. I will remain undaunted when the obstacles of life seem to be winning. They will not win. I will win because Jesus Christ, greater is He that is in me than he that is in the world. Not because of my strength, but because of His strength. And His strength is here to infuse each and every one of us today. Are you excited about that this morning? I am. I I am so thrilled that He has a great plan for you and I. So I declare as we close today, 
this verse over each and every one of you over your family, over this church. And I I just want to even right now, as I declare this, would you just stand to your feet all across this room? Would you just declare this with me, this word over our hearts and over our lives? How many of you in this room are wanting a comeback in your life? You're wanting to turn your setbacks into a comeback? God, I pray that you will do it right now in the name of Jesus. Some of you have been sitting too long. Come on, are you ready to declare it with me this morning? I want to, Lord, give me a, give me a comeback. I want you to declare it. This is the year for my comeback. This is the year that God brings back, gives back, does all that he said he promised to do. But I said it last week and I'll say it again. It takes action on our part. It takes action on our part. I choose to walk in patience. I choose to walk in obedience to his word. And when I do, Isaiah 43, 19. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. I declare that word over each and every one of you, over your home, over your life, that there would He would make a way in the wilderness, that there would be streams in the wasteland. Come on, let's give a shout to the King today. And let's declare our victory. Come on, let's worship the Lord. Come on, let's declare it today. God, we glorify Your name. Lord, we declare victory in Jesus' name. God, that we would see your move in your hand. Come on, let's declare it together. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We praise you, Lord. Yes, Lord.
Father, we declare today victory in Jesus' name. Lord, what the enemy meant for evil, today we declare victory in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray as we go from this place today, we would go in the power and the presence of Almighty God. Lord, I pray that we would see a victory in every area of our life, over our homes and our families. Lord, streams would begin to flow. God, as we continue to walk in you, we give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. And everyone in here said? Come on, and everyone said? Amen. Amen. God is good. Be blessed. Have an amazing week in the Lord.